and thank you for joining us today. My name is Erica Kramer with Martin Brothers Distributing, and we're glad to be spending time with you again today because we all know that the time you invest in self-development not only increases the trajectory of your success, but the success of those you lead as well. Today, I have one of our most tenured employees joining us, Joe O'Brien. Joe is our VP of National Accounts and Healthcare, but he will be retiring this year after being with Martin Brothers for over 35 years. His career started in outside sales in our organization's backyard, the Cedar Valley, before moving on to his current role focusing on healthcare. Joe, I am, am I right to explain your start at Martin Brothers as an example of the old saying, being in the right place at the right time? Yeah, I would say so. You know, it's funny, when I started, uh, first met John Martin, uh, 1984 was uh, economy in the Cedar Valley, was struggling, everything else. I was up at UNI. Um, I was a member of a football team. I'd actually spoke at a morning Toastmasters group and met John. He was a basketball player way back when. So somewhat knew him. And then that next year, uh, I was jogging around the track up at UNI in the Dome. And there was John Martin doing the same with a friend of his. And so we started talking and I'd see him about three, four times a week. And he asked me what I was going to be doing when I was done graduate. And I said, you know, I wasn't really for sure. And he goes, you know, you ought to come to work for us. And I go, what's us? Uh, I was a marketing major and I knew I needed a job. So it was like, all right, um, sounds good. When do you want me to show up? Well, when can you start? So that story tells us a little bit about your history, but we still need to do our icebreaker to get to know Joe more. The question is, tell us about the best prank you have ever pulled. Well, I've always enjoyed, I've been a somewhat of a prankster type person that likes to put a smile, make people laugh, um, those type of things. And you know, when you ask me that question, there's been a lot of them. Some of them I can't say uh, on live air. But uh, I think the one that was probably most meaningful that was started and is kept going was one day, this was COVID. And uh, all of a sudden, everybody sent home. And there were probably six to eight of us that were actually here in our corporate office. And we had just finished the year before an entire remodel of our facility and added like 40 more parking spots. And we're all coming in. There's, it's like coming in on a weekend when there's nobody here, but you know you should park between the lines. And times were a little strange then. We've never had this kind of stuff happen in one day, and it was very stressful. I just decided to park in them right at the front door, stop my vehicle, and park it. And from that day forth, I never parked between the lines. And then we have days now, and we don't have a lot of people here, that people are free to park anywhere they want to park. You don't have to park between the lines. It, was, it marked the change of times, kind of what COVID was doing to us. We had to do things differently. And to this day, if you ever drive by our corporate office on a uh, Friday especially, you'll see all kinds of strange parking techniques. Well, and I would have to say that my best prank that I've ever pulled was actually on Joe. Uh, Joe was my manager as well, and I used to try to do something on uh, April Fool's every year. And one year I had 
one of our marketing friends uh, write up a letter as though one of our um, competitors were offering me a job. And then I texted Joe the night before and asked him if we could sit down and meet, and I was pretty serious about it. And I had let his wife know who had an office right across the hall from him and had windows and could see it. And I handed him the letter, and we had even put a job title of a manager <laughs> and uh, then uh, kept a little bit going on until I finally told him that it was April Fool's. But his wife did get pictures of it. It was pretty funny. Well, you also created a fake letter from a good customer um, <laughs> that came in because I actually, you know, we started doing teams and things were, you had to learn this new form of communication where people could see you. And we had the virtual meeting and I couldn't get one piece of mind to go. I didn't know they couldn't hear me. I could not hear them. But they could hear me, and uh, so I was doing alternative ways to do it, and I started to, uh, yes, I was a little upset, so Erica did that. So this year, 2022, Martin Brothers has started a workforce transformation program that focuses on a different topic every month. For May, we're focusing on envisioning an ideal team, and to have an ideal team, you must have an ideal company with a great culture. Since it's a little bit harder to find longevity from employees in 2022, it seemed fitting to have Joe join us before he rides off into the sunset. So over the past 30 plus years, you've seen a lot of change. When you started at Martin Brothers, you'd literally take an order from a person in person and then call someone at the office who input that order for our warehouse to pick those items and now, in this day and age, people can literally order off of their own cell phones. Then enter COVID and a time of epic change. But while change is inevitable, does that mean a company's culture has to change with it? No, I don't believe so. From when we started, um, if you go back, like we didn't have email when we started. You know, you picked up the phone, you called somebody. There wasn't a car phone. It was actually a pay phone out in the field. So every time there were changes, and then we said we would have cell phones, and then you got into the computer age and how data was transferred, that was constant. That was change. Even though it was over a longer period of time, we progressed into that. It's how people accept that change. Um, but to me, change and culture are two different things because there's always change. And if your culture's right, some people, uh, and I witnessed it, because there was a lot of changing going on during COVID, they felt that the culture was changing, where in reality, I would argue that it was not. Um, emphasis were put in different areas. We had to adapt to business. Um, the change of the climate of the business, we weren't doing it the same way. Uh, and everybody, a lot of people thought, we were changing culturally. Really, we weren't. You know, uh, we go back now, even you look inside of our company in the distribution, no matter, and in the healthcare industry, how that had to change, where it used to be I could get as many aids as I needed, or I could get, yeah, the people and what you needed for people was, um, some positions were easy to fill. All of a sudden, they became not so easy. So you had to pay more attention to them. And then there's groups that felt you're not paying attention to me anymore. 
um, our culture didn't change. It just shifted uh, to maybe where some of the focus was at the time. And that lightheartedness of, we talk about the joking pre-COVID around, having a little looser atmosphere. For me, being in senior management, being one of those instigating some of this stuff really, I think, has helped some of them, hey, we're all in this together type situation. Mm -hmm. So it was um, in my, as I'm working on getting retired here the last few months, I've spent more time in the warehouse and amongst the drivers and talking to them. And it, it's interesting in talking to our new employees and the ones that have been, I'm more interested in talking to somebody that's been here less than five years. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you really think. You had other jobs, this type of thing. And there's one consistent thing that did come out in my conversations is we, they felt like we were being listened to and they are being listened to. Um, and I had them dig into that a little bit, but I think it's really important around any building a good team is saying everybody is valuable in this team. And if you have an idea, tell us what your idea is. I had a, uh, a driver state he's three different employers driven for all of them. And we're the, um, he's here to stay. He goes, he's never had a place that actually I feel like I'm being listened to. And that kind of goes all the way through. Um, Office-wise, we have some new people there that say, I really, it just, everybody communicates. If there's a problem, it's communicated to everybody. A problem is everybody's problem. Mm -hmm. And not one person's problem. Everybody's there to help. And I think that shows a lot. And we see that in healthcare when administrators are coming in or even owners are coming in and they're diving in the kitchen or they know they're behind in the dish room or they need aides need help or whatever it might be. That makes a difference to everybody. Um, and I think it's important for managers to realize that you're, no job is beyond you doing it. Mm-hmm. And we kind of work that direction pretty hard as an organization. Mm-hmm. Well, I think COVID is so current and so devastating that it is only change people think of that has affected their company's culture. But other things have created change. Let's talk through another example of change to get off this whole COVID bandwagon. And is it the culture that's changed or once again, are employees confusing culture with the way things are being done? I think so. Um, the way things, we look at change. Retail, look how they've been hit, where now it's Amazon, where you used to have multiple retail stores, you can go in and do things, and people's, the way they do business changed. They want to, the customer changed. I just want to have it. I don't want to go. Or I don't want to go out to eat, I want to get it delivered to me. Um, Right. But it just, all these are changes that just started to happen. And that relationship to that change to culture is, um, it's just times change and people's practices are changed. I think we're going to see more and more of that because you can see people through video conferencing. You can see we were moving that direction slowly, but we're there. We are 100% there. And as people go, well, I want to connect better. 
Well, I'll be honest with you, with video conferencing, I'm closer uh, to a lot of people from a vendor standpoint, work standpoint, and personal standpoint because of video conferencing where it didn't have to be physical. You do need some of the physical, but generally speaking, face-to-face -face all the time, people are just so busy and everything else, it's great to get that snippet of face-to-face -face and be personal with people. And you know what? You can still pull pranks via <laughs> Teams. So how can organizations keep their core of culture, even though they're changing how things are being done. So it's not business as usual anymore. We've switched things up on them. I'll go back to you never forget where you came from. And I know the business has changed. Everybody's has. But if you remember where you were and you accept that, some people have a hard time accepting change. And at 60... I thought I was becoming one of those people. And then this all happened. I had to change so many different things that I never saw myself having to do and make decisions that were very difficult at different times that we had to do. Um, when you can accept that change, but keep the culture, I'm going to still be there to support you. I'm still going to help someone. Hey, I'm struggling with something inside my organization and it's an employee, whether it would be in, in purchasing or in the warehouse or somebody may be struggling with video conferencing. And um, of all people, myself giving tutorials and helping people and having them practice on me. Um, and we'd go back and forth so they understood it better and making them feel comfortable asking, hey, do you need some help? Uh, that's, I think, how you keep your culture in check. No matter what the change is, how can I help? And then how can I explain why? Mm -hmm. Forget COVID. Let's just take the regular changes. Why is it happening? Why are we doing something different? Every step of the way through any process, the more times you can explain why, doesn't mean anybody, everybody's going to agree. But if you can explain the why, hopefully you get a little closer in that. There's a better understanding because of the why. Well, sometimes the problem with change is that the why hasn't been explained. And while everyone pins the annoyance of having to explain the why on my generation of millennials, it's actually an important concept for everyone in the organization. What do you say to employees who don't understand why things have to be changed, even though it has been told to them? Well, some people are not futuristic at all. And so some people aren't going to understand. They just aren't going to understand the change. And if you don't have a futuristic view to it, it is a problem because um, you're going to struggle with any change, whenever it is. And there's not a lot at that point other than being blunt and said, just you got to think of the future. You got, you know, and you sit and you show some empathy. Um, I remember years back, it hadn't been that many years back, pre-COVID, we started putting cameras in all the trucks and all the service vehicles. And, oh, Big Brother's watching, and we had all this stuff. You can watch everything we do. Well, it was not the point of it at all. The, the why was insurance uh, was a huge one. They drove us to that. Um, there was a huge savings for us, and not that we were being cheap, but we're in 
employee-owned company. It's important to everybody to do the right thing. And when there was accidents, it could explain things. And uh, pretty soon, now they don't even know they have them in there. They don't pay because they don't activate until that time comes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had an issue for a while where we went to uh, a mileage tracker, and that was the same thing for everybody in the company that, um, and it's like, oh, you're watching where I'm going. You're really not. It's a total miles at the end of the day. People finally got used to it. They learned how to be more efficient with it. And, and there's some that never did and still don't appreciate it. But you're always going to have some of those. I don't know what the percentage is of people that no matter what, that change is bad. So we mentioned that culture comes from the top and a manager's uh, role in that. Is it also top leadership's responsibility to show and educate on the why, not just the frontline manager? I, That's a big mistake that can happen out there. And I've seen it in different companies and even our own company at times where there's a miscommunication from the top down or leadership where it's kind of like you, you tell the story and then you tell it to another person, another person, oh, pretty yeah. soon it's, uh, yeah, the old telephone game. That's why in the man, from the management level, it's, it's very important for senior leadership, first of all, to be on one page. Yeah. Secondly, how that filters downward, um, having more people together in the process and knowing that is what we're doing from the managers then then senior leadership to managers to supervisors getting it and then also having those senior managers explain as well at the same time with everybody in the same room or the department together of what's going on and the why mm-hmm. is really important to get that because it's, it's all directions. And then when we get questions from people that don't understand, that has to go back up the line the same way. It's not good to have a supervisor, oh, you got to ask this question, and I didn't tell anybody, and I heard it three different times. Okay, if, if you heard it three different times, maybe you should pass that upward that we're not communicating correctly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that helps. I think we all could agree that culture is going to be important during this staffing crisis we're going through. We see turnover in every industry, and that means new employees are being hired at a faster rate. Do we rely on the culture from managers to mold the new employees? Or in this current environment, are the new employees coming in and helping mold the culture? You know, I think every department is different to a degree. In some departments, there's always going to be a lot of turnover to a degree, and there always has been. Even pre this, you're going to rotate people through. I think strong supervisors and managers on those level are really critical because there's the change of the people. Mm-hmm. Now, at lower turnover departments, in some ways, as you hire, whether you are a DON hiring a nurse, you're, a, a, you're in sales, whatever, environmental services, when you meet somebody, a lot of times now, I've heard too many times, let's just get a warm body and see who we get. Yeah. Well, that, it, that doesn't work. I don't believe that works as hard as it is to say, but when something is just this person's not going to work. Um, we have been on interviews. Erica, you was on an interview with me one time, and we, we got done, and it was, I mean, the guy was pretty good and everything, but you felt this. I don't think they're going to fit our culture from a standpoint of maybe a little too much I in someone. We're more of a we culture, not I get the credit. 
I did this. So, and then it came true. I mean, it, it was obvious we made the right decision in not making that higher and some other examples had come up. And I think that's really important as well, uh, personally. The gut feels important. And and you get in certain departments, the people are there. And if the people aren't going to fit in the department, why mess it up? Yeah. You know, it, it. if you have a good department, you have things clicking right along. Sometimes some people, but what I found is mistakes are made. You hire somebody, you get that perfect interviewee, and it is like, wow, this person is going to be great. They get and all of a sudden you see disruption in a department. And that's where I personally think sometimes the department will take care of itself. That person's not going to feel comfortable in that department. Mm -hmm. They're just going to say, you know what, this isn't working. I'm not comfortable. I'm going to move on. You know, and, it, and a manager has to be strong inside that and recognize those things when somebody is a disruptor. Martin Brothers is located in multiple areas um, in the Midwest and even in multiple buildings here in the Cedar Valley, not just one corporate office that holds everyone. COVID has changed that for many businesses. Now there's the ability to work from home. So once again, not people coming together in one lo local location. If a company is spread out, how and what keeps the culture positive and reflect the company's mission? Well, number one, I would say the, the virtual meeting piece is important once in a while to have people involved outside of the company. A meeting doesn't have to be we're all getting together physically. Mm -hmm. um, we've had a lot of initiatives these last couple of years. I think we've come a long ways where we, we in, with some of our main initiatives – we incorporate people from multiple departments and areas. So it could be someone that's working out of St. Louis mm -hmm. as a part of it. Uh, internally, we have different buildings here in the Cedar Falls where we take the team gets together and we add from different departments together so they can see how everything is working and why we're making this initiative or why we're doing it. What's the change? How's that going to affect everybody? Everybody gets to know everybody a little bit better. Uh, we really encourage that, especially with managers, um, but not just with managers, but the people on the front lines, incorporating them into it as in the same fashion, what could be done better. And then once everybody realizes that every everybody has something to do with the company, there's a you have a job. Without someone doing that job, we don't function. And I think in any business, it's that fashion. If you don't have um, servers in a restaurant or you don't have the person doing the dishes, um, there's all these different clogs that can be messed things up. And inside of our own, there's not one piece that, well, whatever about that. Well, if we can't load a truck, it doesn't make any difference selling anything or not because we can't load it if we can't deliver if we can't keep it clean if we can't put it away if we can't receive it bill it get receivables from it uh do all those things and we really worked really hard at hitting all those main issues and then pe putting people inside of a meeting that can better understand that mission to and then they hopefully communicate it out that this is why we're making these changes or this is what's going on. Well, we've already discussed a little bit about the fun things we've done. 
So I'm guessing you'd agree that laughter and just the ability to have fun at work is also extremely important when we discuss culture. You know, you um, having having fun, having uh, keeping in a good environment is absolutely critical to having fun. You ha- you have to have reasons to smile. Um, right. Yeah, we have serious issues, mm-hmm. but you can still have a little bit of fun with it, and it can be very and it can be tough issues, sad issues, whatever, but at the end of the day, you deal with those, but you still battle to keep your culture as being a caring, family-orientated, and have some fun. Mm -hmm. We did middle-of-the-night bags, uh, all kinds of different things, uh, because that's a tough shift to get people uh, to work in, and so we always try to do something myself. I've been in there multiple times. I came in over Christmas with Cousin Eddie. Uh, for one performance, and that'd be with bare legs in a freezer uh, with a scar in one hand. And um, and they all get a kick out of it because myself and the executive committee out there just hanging out, being a part of what they're dealing with and making fun of myself, I think uh, I became a lot closer with everybody and they feel more a part of the team right. inside of something like that. It's very important for that type of things. It's not just saying Martin Brothers, any organization, whether you're the restaurant owner, the manager, whatever, and you just hired uh, your kitchen manager, hired a new uh, dishwasher. Having a conversation with them, thanking them for being there, being a part goes a long ways. It really does. So we aren't really recording this the day before you officially retire or anything, but any parting words to leave us with? Any wisdom you want to wow us with before we end this discussion? Wisdom. (laughs) Well, I've survived this 36 years and uh, been fortunate to be with the same company, but if I would reflect a little bit on that, I kind of come with um, four different things that I do to start my day and try to live my day by. Um, One is have positive thoughts. You're going into a tough day, but there's always something positive. Positive thoughts inside yourself can change a lot of things. If you just find one thing to be positive about in those days where you don't think there is anything, and then positive thoughts about other people and situations where sometimes it's very difficult to do that, but just do it once. Um, And you'd be surprised how that changes. And then when it comes to negative people, ignore them. Uh, it used to let it eat at me when somebody was negative and it would be just, it would just eat at me and it would fuel more negativity. And where you just, if you just ignore that and not let it bother you, you'd be surprised how well things can turn out for you. And inside of that, going right with that negativity that comes out or those tough situations that come up that you're dreading doing, be calm. It, be calm. It's okay. If you don't have the answer right now, you may have to think through something, but the overreaction gets people in trouble a lot. And then smile, life's short. Uh, Part of my joking around is I like to see people smile and I like to smile and laugh. Doesn't say I'm not serious in what I'm doing. It's just trying to put a good atmosphere around it. So have a positive thought, ignore negative people, stay calm and smile. 
Thank you, Joe, for taking time out of your busy pre-retirement schedule, I guess maybe we'll call it that, to join us to discuss culture and teams. We appreciate all the years you've given to our organization. And thank you to everyone listening for your time as well. We look forward to having you join us again because we all know the time you invest in self-development not only increases the trajectory of your success, but the success of those you lead as well. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye.